Drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? Well, fresh from releasing reissues of classic albums Electrical Storm and Honey Steals Gold, the legendary Ed Cooper has announced a full band tour. It's the first live and new music of his since 2009, featuring Mark Dawson on drums, Sonny Boy's bassist Peter Oxley, pianist Alistair Spence and Eamon Dilworth on brass. The punk pioneer and co-founder of The Saints, The Aints and Laughing Clowns, Ed Cooper, welcome to you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> I've read that it was the Beatles who first captured your musical soul, more specifically the opening harmonica riff and beat of Love Me Do. Where and when and who were you when you heard this for the first time? Uh, well, I think I was about eight years old. It was um, just the start of me going into grade three primary school and... Um, 1964. Um, so I heard it on the radio. My parents didn't listen to uh, pop radio, so I think this, like the Beatles, must have kind of, you know, they've broken through that initial thing. I mean, this is when they were touring, so I think you got to hear them everywhere, and that's how I got to hear it. Of course, there was further musical inspiration coming down the line for you. In 76, the Sex Pistols erupted in England. The Ramones, well, they had their own New York style. Where did the Saints fit into punk as, as you saw it? Well, the Saints started in 1973. We, we didn't really fit into it except that, you know, um, timelines sort of crossed a little bit in 1976. So it was 73 for the Saints, 76 for the Sex Pistols. Do you ever think about how you predated the Sex Pistols? Do I think about it? No, not really. No, I mean, like, I, I don't I don't think the Saints need to be kind of judged by what other people were doing. I mean, we were way ahead of what other people were doing, but they, they, weren't, they weren't something that we were sort of focusing on, certainly not what I was focusing on. Of course, a little later, the Laughing Clowns, more avant-garde, you might say, more uh, like improvisational. Uh, who were you listening to at that time? Was it people like John Coltrane, who also inspired many of the beats and, you know, a lot of that generation? Yeah, I discovered that stuff when I was living in London with the Saints and um, I started to just get really intrigued by what was going on. And, yeah, I drew on that, that that kind of an outlook, what I learned from the way that those bands played, you know, just the, the tonality, the, the sort of the warping of melodies and all that kind of thing was sort of uh, really inspiring to me. And, yeah, I mean, the, the clowns weren't a jazz band, but we certainly drew on some aspects of uh, modern jazz, yeah. Do you ever think about how improvisation in music more broadly, and this goes to the sort of character or, I don't know, personalities certainly that are drawn to that kind of music are also quite self-destructive ones? I mean, I think of Chet Baker, for example. You know, there's something about a crossover of self-destruction and improvisation. Have you ever thought about that? No, I haven't. Luckily, the clowns weren't all that improvisational. You know, there were quite a lot of set structures, so I suppose that's why... 
I'm still around. <laughs> uh, if you just join me, guitarist Ed Cooper is here. We're discussing the re-releases of his debut album, Electrical Storm, and the 90s classic Honey Steals Gold. There's some tour info. I'll give it to you in just a moment. Of course, you made your Opera House debut as a solo artist, well, just at the start of the pandemic, maybe in the first year of the pandemic, 2021, uh, you had Dirty Three drummer Jim White. How did the punk kid from Brisbane accept this new reality? I don't know. You just sort of take one one step at a time, you know, and, and kind of see what happens next. That, that was, you know, I think what I've done all along, you know. So um, everything is sort of, you know, a step further, uh, whether you're going sideways or backwards or something, you know, it's um, you're moving from that original position that you might have been in. It probably would have surprised me, but uh, back, you know, but that's jumping back quite a few years and not experiencing anything that kind of happens in between. Of course, reissuing these albums, have you found that you're hearing them or performing them in a new way? Has time changed your relationship to the music that you made then, or is it you that's changed? Uh, I, I, I wonder if I've changed that much. I, I, I think there's still, you know, a fairly recognisable part of me that was um, evident when I first started out. Um, as far as going back and listening to music that you did 30 years ago or longer, you know, that is, yeah, that that is a sort of... Uh, it's an interesting process to go through because, you know, unless you're listening to your own stuff a lot, which I don't, um, there's always something sort of surprising. I, I, I was pleasantly surprised when I went back and we redid these albums. They kind of sound sound on their own in a way. You know, they're not... I, I can't date them in terms of what was going on around them except by what I specifically remember, but if you were to just listen musically, I think that'd be hard to kind of pinpoint per era sort of thing. I read that you spent the pandemic back in Brisbane with some of your grandkids. Have you watched them discover music and and how do they hear or feel your music when you've played it to them? Uh, I I don't, I I play guitar with them. Um, I don't play them my songs. Apparently um, my son did play them some stuff, um, and they were quite impressed, even though they didn't recognise me. <laughs> you can rem- video kind of thing. You can yeah. remain anonymous, yeah. Because there is something very pure about listen- listening to music as a child, or at least a non-professional, let's say. It's not technical. You don't listen with your ears. You, you feel it with your heart and your soul, don't you? Oh, the, the, the response is brilliant. I mean, it's just so intuitive, so correct. I mean, there's not, not there's a wrong way to kind of respond to it, but they just, you know, they dance, they move, they sing, play guitar at the same time, and do all that sort of thing. It, it, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see. The exploding universe of Ed Cooper will be touring. Uh, the Nation, all through September this year. You can find the full list of dates and tickets via edcooper.com. Musician and songwriter Ed Cooper, thank you so much to, for being my guest. Well, thanks for having me. You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park. 
For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.